This podcast is brought to you by Reynolds and Reynolds, the industry leader in automotive technology. Find out what Reynolds is up to in the digital retailing space by visiting reyrey.com slash register. That's R-E-Y, slash register. I'm Jason Stein, publisher of Automotive News, and this is Daily Drive for Thursday, May 27th. The buzz you heard over the course of the last week was emanating from one prominent place, and all focused on electrification. Ford made some rather shocking news in the rollout of its F-150 Lightning electric pickup. It wasn't just the amenities or the attractive price tag. It was the commitment to keep its best-selling vehicle on top of the pickup conversation by inserting some unique features and honest-to-goodness prowess in a vehicle long considered to be the crown jewel in the Ford family. Ford's Ted Canis has been watching all of it roll out with more than a little pride. Canis is a 30-plus year Ford veteran. He was part of the original small Ford team that conceived the electric future for the automaker. Along the way, he's been right in the middle of the push, having been previously in charge of the team that developed the Mach-E as the global director of electrification, and now leading the North American commercial business unit. These are heady times for Ford and for Canis, who has a long international history. There's a lot on the line, and there are many competitors coming. His experience is Ford tough, and it'll be a future full of battles from all sides. We've reached Ted Canis in Dearborn, Michigan. Ted, it is great to connect with you this morning. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks a lot. You've had um, just a little bit of a busy week or so. Um, I, I think probably when, when a company like Ford launches its most important vehicle, oh, and by the way, it's on a completely different uh, powertrain and, and of, you know, just a different vehicle, uh, these, are pretty, these are pretty important times for you. What, what did it mean to you? Uh, for for the company, it's all hands on deck. Uh, and for me personally, since I was there at the initiation of the project when I was in the electrification business on Team Edison, um, since it was from the moment it was conceived to now, it's uh, it's something personal and and it's so important for the company. And frankly, I think it's really important for the planet. Let's talk about Team Edison a little bit. Um, take me back, uh, if you would, to the to the formation of that and and just your your role in it. What it meant to you. So it was a new team set up to lead global electrification to really take it to a whole new level by bringing different teams together, all in one phase, all focused on electrification. And, uh, and that included products that later became the Mustang Mach-E, the E-Transit, the F-150 uh, Lightning. And what we really want to do is how do, we, how do we capture this instance of electrification and make something incredible uh, for customers to bring them in things they never had before, but at the same time, how do we make it profitable for the business and really change the way the company and ourselves and our customers uh, think about electrification? So that was sort of the philosophy from the beginning. We said we would think big, act small and move fast. What were some of your memories from those early days? I mean, as you formed as, as a team, as a, as a very unique team? Uh, well, the first meeting was six of us uh, in a small group, and then it grew to large teams as we brought in different skills. We really believe that uh, electrification is it's, it's an adopter. It's new technology adopter. So we had to capture a different spirit because people that are going to le- lean into electrification really are looking for something different. 
they're a bit younger, they're, they're uh, willing to try new things with some risks. And so we reframed everything. How are we going to do software and over-the-air updates? These new features, how do we give them the kind of technology in the vehicles that they have? And uh, in the beginning, it was, it was a total transformation where we were originally was sort of a dustbuster type thing with was going to have long range, but it wasn't going to be attractive and compel people for like the Mustang Mach-E to come to the vehicle. So in those early days, and as you set out on your on your mission to achieve some of these goals, you're kind of parked over there to the side, right? You're you're you and your team are working on things that yeah, it's got nothing to do with the F-150s or the Mustangs, uh, you know, the internal combustion engine vehicles that are rolling off the line, and and are so important to the company. But you are an emerging important piece of the company, but you're not integrated completely. When did that start to change? It was, uh, it was always, there were always a lot of challenges and obstacles. You know, if you have a company that spent its whole life uh, building internal combustion engines, people dedicated to those things, and a lot of traditional trade-offs in the vehicle between weight and other benefits where in the electrification, you're li- working at new areas of space. The front, the front end no longer has an engine. The bottom is different. The things that you can do. It was, a, it was a lot of disruption for the communities. And to take uh, the strategy to really say we're going to lean into the segments where we're strongest and into our icons, to take the icons and make them electric, that was obviously for, for many a difficult challenge because there's a conception of what those products were and to, to have that uh, be something new and different. But it really focused the team on what we had to deliver. If it's a Mustang, it's got to be fun, fast freedom. It has to live up to the name and the emotions of the brand. If it was an F-150, it's got to be built for tough. So it, it set a very strong mark of what we had to do and what the earning that we would have to get from the customers to get that respect and trust. Yeah, the, the customers, both internally and externally, and you have, you know, the two vehicles that you just mentioned, um, just about are the epitome of, of Ford Motor Company. I mean, when you think of Ford, you think Mustang or you think F-150. And here you are in the midst of a transition on both vehicles. And your, your work on the, on the Mach-E was the trailblazer for what happened last week with the truck. Tell me about the Mach-E's development. Well, they all kicked off around the same time in the thinking. Mach-E had already been in progress working towards 300 miles range. So there was a great architectural base on and there was a fantastic team in place. We have some amazing engineers. And our, I think one of the un, underknown, if you will, groups of the, of the company is our electrical powertrain engineering team led by Anand Sarankaran and the team. So we had some amazing capabilities but to get them and to leverage a different kind of target, a bit more tech adopter on that early curve, and to really take these and plant them in there. So could it be fast enough to be a Mustang? Was it going to handle in the way uh, that the teams had? So the ride and handling by the team there to make sure that it felt it could feel like a Mustang and give the same spirit uh, to the people. Um, that were the kind of challenges that we had. And then bringing the new things, aerodynamics is very important to uh, electric vehicles as a, as a major trade-off to generate more range. Um, these kind of solutions. And then it was always about beyond the vehicle because an electric vehicle lives in an entire ecosystem of services. So how do we change your, the way we think about manufacturing? Because you're not 
loading up an engine the same way? How do we think about the market after with over there updates and software and connectivity? How do we handle charging? One of the weird things about charging, every other kind of industry has signs. Restaurants have signs, hotels have signs, gas stations have signs. Charging, where are the signs? So to put this imagery in the, in the navigation of the vehicle in your app to say, wait a minute, there's a lot of charging around you. And to string all those charging companies together so it was a seamless experience with one pay process uh, was part of this entire end-to-end solutions we were looking at. So can you compare then the Maki's development with the development of the F-150? Was, was there a greater sense of urgency or importance because it's Ford's crown jewel? It was, it was just as sensitive as, as you could imagine in Mustang. Could it really do the things I need to do? Is it going to be able to carry payload? Is it going to be tough enough to, to handle the kind of routes and surfaces uh, off-road that uh, the truck customers expect? Could it really do towing? These are the things that we went early on and we talked to a lot of internal customers, many, many F-Series customers in the house. Uh, and we talked to customers across the East Coast, Texas, California, in many, many waves with early prototypes and, uh, and low, low fidelity prototypes to, to gauge the experiences. And it came back as it's got to be tough enough to be an F-Series. Things like one of the decisions early on, well, does it need a full-size spare? We were having trouble to locate enough battery space in a full-size spare. And that came back. Uh, that was a must, for example. We'll hear more from Ford's Ted Canis after this message. Consumers today are pushing for remote and virtual experiences. What you may think is a simple fix by going fully online quickly results in an even bigger problem, loss of control and shrinking profit margins. The question isn't if you go online, it's how. How is it done in a way that you don't sacrifice the success of your overall dealership? The answer? Tune in starting May 17th for a virtual summit hosted by Reynolds & Reynolds. You will gain educational insight into all things digital retail, challenges to the status quo, how to retail anywhere without sacrificing anything, and the true impact on dealerships just like yours through one-on-one dealer conversations. This event is on us and on demand. Grab a seat while they last. We hope to see you there. To register for the virtual summit and learn more about retail anywhere, visit rayray.com slash register. That's R-E-Y, R-E-Y dot com slash register. Why are commercial buyers such a big focus of your electrification plans? And of course, news this week is is the unveiling of a of a trim level that's that's exactly uh, uh, dedicated to those commercial buyers. But why do they matter so much to you? Well, the, for us, first to go look back at a, today's product, today the commercial buyers are the foundation for the rest of the vehicle. They're in, they use their many, many miles compared to retail customers in the toughest environments and constantly using the vehicles throughout the day. So if they're tough enough to handle those experiences, and we, we have 43% of the full-size truck and van business. Uh, in the market. We've earned that because the trucks can handle very different environments in extreme conditions. And the retail customers benefit from all that. We took those same insights into the the kind of rigorous testing and the work that we would need to do 
into the F-150 battery electric, these customers think completely differently. They are about penciling numbers. They're businesses. They make returns on investments. They're mapping the total cost of ownership. And generally, they know how far they're driving in a day that their employees are using their vehicles. So they can match the range and the product uh, together. And then because many are also very concerned and have sustainability goals for their customers, for stakeholders, they have a lot of reasons to learn in the truck because lean into the truck because they can reduce cost of ownership, fuel and maintenance um, and uh, lower uptime if it can be charged on site instead of going out to gas stations with employees. It's a huge opportunity for many businesses to really solve a lot of problems. What are you expecting the retail commercial split will be on lightning sales? Could it be 50-50, 60-40? Well, I think what we're going to watch, one of the reasons that we, we did the registration so early is to get a better feel of the market. We're obviously in a completely new space. There aren't any products out there like this at all. So what we wanted to do is get out there early. Traditionally, about uh, a fifth of the, of the F-150s are commercial. But for some of the reasons I say, we could see it being higher uh, and wanted to get a good gauge and also wanted to get a gauge on the retail side. When I used to go out to California a lot, both in the electrification job and or also when I was in investor relations, I would constantly get stopped by people saying, will you make an F-150 electric? So we have this sense that there is a lot more demand out there of retail customers. And definitely we have a lot of commercial interest. You've done a lot of research, obviously, into the into that commercial fleet buyer side of uh, the market. What's the most surprising thing you've learned, Ted? I think in the in the most surprising part of the commercial business is they just want to have their business run. If they're roofing or plumbing or commercial HVAC, they're trying to get a job job done and serve their customers. They really don't want to manage a fleet, and the last thing they they want is that the vehicles are not operational to serve customers uh, and to help them earn income. So we think with these solutions is uh, vehicles like this that require less maintenance over time, less downtime, can be charged by an employee at home. For example, many people have garageable vans in their companies for their employees that bring them home or pickups. If they can charge that at home overnight on AC power, which is we did a lot of work to make the vehicle chargeable overnight in AC power on both the shorter range, uh, the standard battery and the extended range battery, we can make it easy for this transition and no uptime losses in the, in the marketplace or significantly less than they have. So they can keep working. And then what we provide is a complete set of services for those customers to split their bill at home or uh, between their home and their vehicle for the employees. We, split, we created a telematic solution so they can fly charging on the road in the case they need it. They really wouldn't want to because they don't want employee-paid charging time, charging batteries, or on their site. So we've created an entire ecosystem also for the commercial customers to alleviate those concerns on moving electric. It's amazing when I think about your Ford career. You're 32 years, right? 32. You spent a lot of time in, in uh, Latin America. Uh, you were in South America. Uh, you were Venezuela. You were the president of Ford Argentina and Chile. Um, and now you're launching the next wave of the next generation of the company. It's quite a ride, Ted. 
It's been a lot of locations and all with the family. Well, when they were uh, born, that is. But uh, yeah, we've always uh, we've always done it as a family and love the opportunity to serve. And you learn a lot in every one of those markets, difficult times and and easy ones. I, I can imagine that you would love to see if we come full circle on all of that. You'd love to see a day when Ford's electrified products um, have a, a global footprint that that is. Um, emblematic of of where this automaker wants to go absolutely the the electrification and global climate is a global problem so the opportunities to to see the electrification project progress in europe a lot when i was doing mustang maki and some of the other vehicles there when i was in china a lot getting ready for their mustang project and future ones the opportunity to really solve the situation and for me it's that ecosystem in any country there are such variabilities about country when you move from country to country or market to market. It's that getting a sense of the just embedding yourself in that deep knowledge of how customers think of product products, how do they use the products, the obstacles and concerns that they have, and helping to solve those those problems and, uh, and issues that they have is is the joy uh, of uh, of bringing products to market. Well, you have a. Um... You have a future that is full of electricity uh, in, in so many ways. Ted, I want to thank you for being part of Daily Drive today. Thank you very much for having me on the program. It was very kind of We reached Ford's Ted Canis in Dearborn, Michigan. And that's Daily Drive for Thursday, May 27th. For breaking news, go to autonews.com. And for a library of more than 300 interviews, go to autonews.com slash daily drive. We'll be back Friday. <laughs>